don't make it about you make it about them you know it all comes down to pain management if you can relieve someone's pain they will be your customer if you can do it in a way that makes them almost happy that you're doing it then you can be a very successful business Welcome to the Authentically Successful Show. I'm Carol Schultz, founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation, a talent equity and leadership coaching and advisory firm. We partner with founders and CEOs to create talent-centric organizations, either where they don't currently exist or rebuild companies into talent-centric organizations. We are committed to supporting your vision and values by creating healthy, successful companies, leveraging the best talent, retention, development, and succession strategies. Listen at the end of the show for information about becoming my next guest on one of the most important podcasts for building thriving companies. Here we go. Joining me today is Bob Frady, co-founder and CEO of Hazard Hub, an insurtech startup founded in 2016. Hazard Hub creates property-level national databases of geographic risk hazards, including earth, wind, fire, water-based and man-made risks, as well as property characteristics. This data allows Hazard Hub to accurately score risk, and this risk data is freely available through their consumer site, freehomerisk.com. When they first started the business, Bob and his co-founders thought they'd be focused on the B2C market, but fairly quickly pivoted to the B2B space, serving insurance companies, inspection companies, and reporting companies. We interviewed Bob back in March of this year, and in August, Hazard Hub was acquired by Guidewire Software, so I thought this would be a great time for a follow-up. Bob, welcome again. Hello, Carol. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? More importantly, how are you? (laughs) That makes two of us. So congratulations on being acquired. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about... Guidewire software. I, of course, am quite familiar with it, but why don't you tell mm-hmm. our listeners a little bit about Guidewire software and sure. what it was about their offer approach that had you say, you know what, this is the right time to sell our company rather than going off on a different route, potentially to, you know, growing it to be at a greater valuation. IPO, whatever that might be. Okay. Um, Guidewire is the leading policy administration system in the property and casualty insurance industry. A high degree of expertise in claims and in uh, policy management on the underwriting side. What they were missing was data to help Mm -hmm. their customers do a better job of risk analysis right at the very beginning of the quoting process. So we fit rather neatly into what they want to do. Um, with Hazard Hub, we had some choices to make. You know, you have to know what you're good at and what you're not. Mm-hmm. We're really good at starting things and getting things rolling. Going from zero to 100 is one thing. Going from 100 to 10,000 is something else altogether. And yeah. we knew that we needed help to do that. So there's several paths you can go down. You can, you can continue to bootstrap and build it slowly. You can take on funding from a third party and and be in that sort of whirlwind, or you can look for a strategic partner to acquire your company. 
And as you can see from the lovely shade of gray, we are not the youngest cats. We are not the youngest cats in the barn. Um, so given all of the, the things that we had to do, we said, well, a, a strategic acquisition is probably the, um, the way out for us. Ironically, um, we would have gotten more money for the business had we gone the financial route, but it meant a level of commitment you know, seven to eight years, that was just a, we're old, you know, just a little mm -hmm. bit beyond where we necessarily want it to be. And when you say the financial route, you, you're referring to institutional capital, yes? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, um, the growth equity uh, mm -hmm. kind of capital is alluring in many ways. You can get a higher valuation and all right. that stuff. But, but it's, a, it's a path, it's a certain type of path that if we – you know, uh, some people like it and some people don't. We had, at the very beginning of this business, understood that we're going to grow it to a point where it's saleable. And that's because, again, we don't really understand this whole financial world all that much. Right. It's like, you know, when we, st when we started in business, the venture capital was this weird thing that, you know, few people talked about. And so we chose, it, w it wasn't our wheelhouse. So we chose what we knew. We're very, very happy with the outcome and thrilled to be part of Guidewire. Great. What is it about Guidewire that has you thrilled? There's a couple of things, um, and we'll call it pre and post. Mm -hmm. uh, we were very impressed with the CEO. Uh, mm -hmm. He has a great vision for where he wants the company to be. Yep. And I think that Guidewire has been, you know, some people would say that Guidewire is now legacy code. And I think that Guidewire recognizes that and needs to be able to mm -hmm. do things better and innovate yeah. more and, and, and innovate harder. And Mike has been there probably for about a year and a half now, mm -hmm. and he's really leading the charge uh, with that whole innovation space. And that's where we come from. We come from the innovation space. Right. So, you know, we just came off of the Connections um, customer event, and I'm, I'm more encouraged than ever by the ability to eliminate the – um, the difficulty in getting data into a system is is something we're really looking forward to. You know, a lot of times we deal with big carriers, and we had we had avoided big carriers because it's it's not enough to say that your data is good. Then they have to do an IT project to get the data into the system, mm -hmm. which can be a whole nother order of magnitude more difficult than the actual decision of using right. your data. So, with the integration into the GuideWire platform. It eliminates all of that. Mm -hmm. So um, it's an opportunity for Hazard Hub to grow even faster than we expected. Mm -hmm. So there's a real mm -hmm. commitment to innovation. Yeah. The second thing is the people are just so nice. You know, we we read all the glass door reviews and we're like, this must be a fake. This can't be this plants, you know. <laughs> and what we found is an enormous um, level of friendliness mm -hmm. and an interest and enthusiasm for what we do. And when you get bought, you know, you give up the keys to the car and you can only hope that people drive it in the right direction. And so far, we've been very impressed by what we've seen um, from our friends now, our coworkers at Guidewire. I could not have imagined yeah. that the landing spot would be as good as it has been. It must be those Midwest niceties. 
<laughs> you know, they are a Bay Area company, but they deal a lot with insurance companies. Yeah. And so, listen, a lot of times inside of insurance companies, the people are terrific. Yeah. Now, sometimes they have some processes that take a while to, to get around. Um, but it's, gosh, it's just, you know, I thought we were making a good decision going in. And, and now I, we made a great decision going. Yeah. So I have to say, when I heard the news, Bob, I was really delighted to see that, that not only that you were acquired, but that you had been acquired by a tech company, not a carrier. Uh, as we both know, so many insure techs, I mean, most that I can even think of off the top of my head, uh, have been acquired by the carriers. And we both know the carriers not only uh, move at the speed of a glacier, they don't really, I wouldn't really call them uh, disruptive or, <laughs> you know, anything like that. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about, well, listen, and, and had you been approached by carriers? I am curious now that this is a done deal and not that you'd have to tell us who they are. We always thought that the best acquisition would be from a carrier yeah. because we would give a carrier such a unique pricing position mm -hmm. that would be worth potentially hundreds of millions of dollars to them in both premium and loss avoidance. Mm -hmm. However, we were a little bit ahead of the curve on that one. Mm -hmm. um, and so we, we had a couple of carrier discussions, but they never really came to full fruition. Um, and that's okay, you know, and I don't blame the carriers for sitting back, waiting, taking a look at the text and saying, all right, who's gonna be successful? Let's go snap them up with our mm -hmm. excess capital. That's mm -hmm. it's a great strategy. Um, is it, is it good for the business in the long term? It's, you know, it's hard to say. Um, but, but one of the things that we, um, we had a list of things when we sold, this is what we wanted in a company. Mm -hmm. And one of the things was the continued commitment to innovation, because if they weren't going to continue to innovate, we weren't going to stay. Right. And, and I'm still, you know, I'm still interested to see this business grow even more. So yeah, we were we were pretty stoked, and and a lot of people were surprised by the acquisition. They're like, "Wow, I saw the news and I was surprised." And it's like, "What did you think we were going to go to some other data company and just be another you know thing on the list?" Like, forget mm -hmm. that. That's no fun. Mm -hmm. It yeah, it, the fact that it was technology based and it was committed to innovation, very exciting. Yeah, are you being completely sucked into Guidewire as the Borg would do? <laughs> <laughs> I've used that analogy more times in the last couple of months. Yeah, that doesn't surprise. Yeah. I mean, it's really a perfect analogy, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know it's again when you sell a company, you many times get what you get. Mm -hmm. And the thing that we knew going in is that we represent something that they don't currently have. Right. And what what do salespeople love? But shiny new objects, and we're the mm -hmm. shiny new object right now. So right. we're incredible. We're incredibly busy. I've mm -hmm. traveled more in the last three months yes. than I've ever traveled in a three month period. Mm -hmm. And but which, which is okay. I like it. It's fun. Um, no, be glad you could travel. <laughs> I know all this mass stuff, but you know it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um yeah. It's it's a. It, I went from moving 100 miles an hour this way yeah. to 100 miles an hour that way mm. and with no rest in between. So it's been – I'm looking forward to the upcoming holidays because I'm really going to try to take a little time off. So what does your 
your life now look like as part of Guidewire? Are you under a, you know, X number of year contract with them? What's your position? What does that look like for you? It's typical. You know, there's a three-year schedule for us. Um, It's one of those things where we made a commitment to them that we would stay on as part of the acquisition Mm -hmm. because what else am I going to do? You know, I sit around and I I collect fire hydrants for crying out loud. You know, what kind of a fun person is that? So I thought about it. And that was one of the options that we had from a a different buyer is that they Mm -hmm. would just buy us and get rid of us. Mm-hmm. Then what am I going to do? It's only so much golf you can play, and it's, it's just mm-hmm. not that interesting. I'm too young to to fully retire. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm on a um, a contract with um, with Godwire, uh, as well as John, John co-founder, yeah. mm-hmm. and and we're good. It's a little different now, though. You know, I I don't have to be involved in as many things, which is takes a little bit of getting used to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get to focus on the things I really want to be part of now, right. which yeah. is the in- innovation and integration and, and thinking mm-hmm. up new products and all sorts of fun stuff like mm-hmm. that. The stuff I really like to do, I get to focus on more mm-hmm. than all building the a company I deal with. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a huge difference, right? Isn't there? Yeah. Oh, building a company. And one of the reasons why we look to sell is because building a company is exhausting yes. and, just physically and mentally exhausting. And some people Mm -hmm. really get off on that. And we had a shelf life for how hard we could go at that. Mm -hmm. And it's not that we hit it, but just, you know, listen, there's, as a friend of mine said, he said, take the money and get a therapist and learn to deal with it. So it was, uh, (laughs) it's pretty funny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's knock on wood, you know, Things are good. The the integration of Hazard Hub into Guidewire, what makes that integration better than with a carrier, do you think? From a consumer standpoint, especially. Well, if we did it just with a carrier, mm-hmm. then that's one company who benefits. If right. we go into a platform, that's every company who's on the on the platform right. gets to benefit right. from which it. Are all the, which are all the carriers, so, really, right? You're yeah. Right. And, yeah. And, and we... Yeah. You know, we started this company because we wanted people to know their risk. It's why free home risk is still available. We mm-hmm. want people to know. And we think that the mm-hmm. future of insurance involves less in underwriting and more in risk management. Like, for example, mm-hmm. I, I got a policy the other day, and I knew what all the risks were, mm-hmm. but nobody ever talked about them during the acquisition process. And I'm like, why are insurance companies not doing this? Why are they not managing risk better? Because Mm -hmm. the best claim is the one you never get. And that's the kind of stuff that, you know, my Roger Arneman, who I work for at Mm -hmm. Guidewire, gave an entire speech on this at the show. And it's something I'm sort of super stoked to be part of. Mm -hmm. I want everyone to know what the risks are around their property. Whether they agree with me or not is another question. That's, That's okay. right. Well, we're going to uh, talk about that right now. <laughs> all right. It, 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 is, it is nuclear. <laughs> is, is, it, is it nuclear? Everybody gets all weirded out about nuclear. No, it's not nuclear. So I'm glad you brought that up because it's a great segue. Because uh, yesterday uh, when I uh, got back home from uh, riding the horses, I went online and I did a free home risk for my home. And right. there are a couple of things I want to ask you about. First of all, 
are these grades, and I'm going to go over the, the ones with you that I would absolutely agree with and the ones that I'm like, eh, I'm not so sure about that. So mm-hmm. is this what the grades that I have for my home, are these the same grades that uh, are going into the platform that the carriers are going to see when I reach out and decide I don't want to be with travelers anymore. I want to find a different insur- insurance carrier to, to insure my home. Mm-hmm. Well, yes and no. Okay. The free home risk report is a very simplified version of the data right. that we present. Okay. You, know, you, you can't dump 1200 elements sure. on someone and expect them to understand it. Mm-hmm. So we create the grades as sort of a super roll up of all the segments mm-hmm. that we have underneath it. Mm-hmm. So the, the carrier would get the grade, they would get the score, and then they would get all the elements that were going into that score. And, and they may choose to, to see those differently than we do. Mm-hmm. For most of our grades, right. we try to use a A's are the best 10%, F's are the worst 10%, and then PCD is sort of spread out in the middle. With certain elements for like FEMA flood, if you're in a 100-year flood zone, you're an F. Uh, It's just how it is. Yeah. Um, And so some of them are a little more specialized. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, yes, the same things that you're seeing will be there, Mm -hmm. but they also get a whole lot more. Well, of course. I mean, and one one would expect that to be the case. So yep. that said, I you know I was really interesting. You know, I got a couple of A's. Is all three A's. <laughs> all right. Which, I, frankly, I think is not this, so good. <laughs> right? listen, it's not, listen, it's not like a, it's not like your school report card where it's a cumulative grade average. <laughs> right. you know, some are more important than others. Right. Well, you know, my A's were that I'm not in a fault, right? An earthquake fault mm-hmm. or a USGS fault. Um, that I'm, of course, very close to a firehouse, which is the crow flies is, I don't even think, a quarter of a mile away. Um, yeah, and, nice. of course, fire hydrants, right? You, you and your, right. you and your uh, OCD regarding fire hydrants. <laughs> yep. You know, and, and then we get to fault earthquakes, mm-hmm. which is interesting. It says I'm between 10 and 20 miles to a known fault. I didn't know that. Yep. Uh, you live in color. You live in Colorado, right? I do. I See, live in in basically eastern Colorado, but not all the way east, but in check, eastern Colorado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Check out your backyard and look for those giant mountains. Those giant mountains were formed by faults. You know, right. It, it's, and so wherever you see hills or giant mountains, there's usually a fault nearby. Very very hilly area where I am. Even in Appalachia, there's right. a lot of faults over there because their Appalachian mountains are just older. Right. Um, right. And the, the geology is slightly different, but yeah, there's faults there too. But those were bees. So, you know, pretty good risk, right? My, yeah. my greatest risk I thought was kind of interesting was I got to see on fracking earthquakes. Yeah. And, and that yeah. sort of surprised me, frankly. I mean, does that mean there's fracking going on like right near me or that, that I'm just right. within X number of miles to where there is fracking and we know there is fracking here in Colorado? Yes, you are. With, we don't say that fracking causes earthquakes but yeah. what we do say is that there happen to be a lot of earthquakes where there's fracking yeah, and right. the good news <laughs> is that they are not generally really big earthquakes mm-hmm. they tend to be smaller they, te- they tend to be the kind that freak people out mm-hmm. rather than do damage uh, right they do damage to your psyche rather than your house right because they just don't have the the geological power that a fault-based earthquake would well, like you have out where you are yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like it's a distance to um, an area of fracking. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So there were, there were, there were actually two, two things. I'm not going to go through this uh, step by step, but there were a couple of things I did want to ask you about specifically. Uh, And one was of course, and and this did not surprise me that I get an F for hail. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) As does everyone where I live. In fact, my last big hail damage was in 2012 and I now have another claim just nine years later. I was hoping to make it 10 years. Which is, you know, and they, they require you to put on a 50-year roof, which, of course, is just laughable because that's never going yep. to happen where I live. Never. You're lucky to make it 10 years to your next roof and windows. And I've got, you know, I've, I, have, I have a good bit of damage this time. The, the problem is, you know, if you have a hail event and there's mm-hmm. a hole in your roof, mm-hmm. people, you can't wait for someone because the right. builders don't specialize in a 50-year roof. So we can put a roof on tomorrow or you can wait six months and get a 50-year roof. Well, guess what people are going to choose? I chose wait six months, by the way, but... Yeah. <laughs> but the big reason, old tarp over the house? Yeah, no, but I don't have a hole in my roof either. Um, if I did, that would be different, right? But, but I mean, the roofs that we put on here are still really, really good. Even Even the storm we had here in 2012, which was... I, I feel I thought it was worse than the one we just had in August. You know, when we have hail, this has just been the worst one I've seen us have in a long, long time. And um, so, you know, that's that's of course I, I think the main reason my insurance is so high. Not just me, because that's considered, of course, an act of God, but everyone who lives here, right? Yep. Um, it's it's but, built but, into the base rate. Yeah. That's right. Of course it is. But here's the really interesting thing is I got a D on radon. And I know why, because there's so much rock in Colorado. Now, the question I would ask you is when I'm looking for insurance, are they seeing, you know, 40 pages of that I have a D rating on radon and I'm getting punished by that on my insurance because I have a whole house radon mitigation system. Do I need to actually, when I, when I reach out to a new carrier, say, by the way, I have a terrible risk of radon, but I have a whole house radon mitigation system. So you need to lower my rate. <laughs> yeah, it's generally not a peril that property insurers, Can't, right? they don't necessarily give you a higher or lower premium based upon that. Gotcha. We put, we put radon in there because we're a consumer company first. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah. You the fact that you have a whole uh, a whole house radon system tells me that we were right. Um, mm-hmm. But it's for example, I bought a house not too long ago, and it had elevated risk of radon. Mm-hmm. So I went to the the agent, and of course they don't disclose any of this stuff. I said, "Is there a risk of radon here?" And they said, "Well, maybe." I said, "Well, let's get a test." People that lived in the house before that for 60 years as a family, different mm-hmm. generations in the same family mm-hmm. there for 60 years with elevated radon risk and had no clue. So we had to have a whole house system put mm-hmm. in. And so the, you know, part of the reason why we started this company isn't because we want insurance companies to do a better job. That's, right. that's, that, that's one <laughs> thing is because we want people to protect themselves. Sure. You know, your house, your house is your biggest investment for most mm-hmm. people. What can you do to help protect your house? Mm-hmm. And what can you do to help protect your life? Mm-hmm. You know, one one of the saddest things I ever do is when I go through wildfires and perimeters, right? And I read I read all the stories about. Well, yeah, we thought it wasn't a big deal, so we stayed here, mm-hmm. and then by the time we could do anything, it was too late, and now mom and dad are gone because right. we didn't act fast enough. 
you know, part of part of our mission as a company is to give you this information so that in case something bad does happen, like you, you can do things to help mitigate that risk. Which well, is like sure. get out of Dodge. Right. Well, you it's, know, it's or put, put, put your car in the garage. Right. It's you know, and it's the same thing because of course I got a D on wildfire again. Also, I'm almost surprised I didn't get an F. You know, because I live well, I in can, it. I can make it in that if you want. So. No, I'm, that's okay. I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> but it's because I live in a I live in an area that, of course, the, the aspens are slowly dying because with climate change, aspens can't live at my altitude anymore of 6,500 feet. They need to be, you know, mm-hmm. at least a thousand or more feet higher than where I am. But you know, we are mm-hmm. we are littered with ponderosa pines and blue spruce. Littered with mostly yep. ponderosa pines, which of course are a great fire hazard. And of course, I'm in Colorado where it's very, very dry. And I and I and I wonder uh, because you know outside of places like here, California, where you have great wildfire risk, or shall I just say the whole Western United States anymore? Um, you know, people don't understand what defensible space means, right? Right. And and yep. because they don't understand what what wildfire risk is, and. Uh-huh. You know, I, I wonder, and it's just interesting because you know so much about this, you know, do, do the carriers, you know, when the carrier looks at me, says, yeah, they, you know, of course, they're at great risk of wildfire. So just like with hail, I have to pay a higher mm-hmm. rate because of that. We, we, know, we know the fires that have happened in Colorado, certainly. Uh, we were very lucky this year because it was very wet here this year. Very, very fortunate. Mm-hmm. But, yep. um, you know, do what I've never noticed a carrier doing when I am looking for you know, shopping around is, by the way, do you have defensible space created around your home? And I wonder why, why they don't do that, if that's the case. There's two reasons. Okay. Uh, number one is because the most commonly used wildfire model is not ours, mm-hmm. and it's not really all that great, doesn't actually accurately reflect the risk of of properties yeah and so a lot of times they're just getting bad data Mm -hmm. Uh, but the second is that we're starting to see change because Mm -hmm. you're in a d zone but if you have 10 feet of vegetative clearance around your house your Mm -hmm. risk is similar to a b zone Um, now there's still some elevated risk but clearing away things from your property Mm -hmm. really does make a difference now people don't want to a lot of times they're like i live in the woods what i do Mm-hmm. So, and that's okay, but as long mm-hmm. as you're aware of here's what some of the things that are happening and, and what a lot of our clients are doing is they're saying, okay, F's we kind of want to avoid or mm-hmm. spray or space them out. D's, a lot of companies will just say no. So what they'll do is they'll say, let's do a more specialized underwriting. Let's pull in the satellite imagery. Mm-hmm. Let's determine what this, the siding is, the Got window, it. all that stuff. Um, and then write based upon that. So mm-hmm. it's getting to the point that should be better. Like, for example, each pane in your window slows a fire entrance into your house by 15 minutes. And oh, a lot so of times the wildfire doesn't take that long to go right. past. Right. So, so if, you're, if you've got a fast-moving wildfire and you've got triple-paned windows, that mm-hmm. gives you 45 minutes before, before that window Gets it, breaks. Right. right. And in which case all bets are off in survivability of your property. Right, right. Well, and of course, that's what happened uh, in the Black Forest fire that we had here a number of years ago. Um, one yep. of my good friends lives down there, and her street was one of the first to go. Yeah. And she said they, they literally, I think she had under 30 minutes to get out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's have yeah. a go kit. If you know you're in a bad mm-hmm. area, have a go mm-hmm. kit. That's exactly what she did. 
load your stuff to the internet that you really want to keep and get out of Dodge. Yep. And, and the only reason, by the way, she had that was because of the Waldo Canyon fire the year prior that they were scared to death was going to jump interstate 25 to get onto the east side of the highway. And then it would have hit the forest and that would have been that the year before. And as a consequence, she was so much better prepared. She changed Mm -hmm. her insurance Mm -hmm. and you know, but, but she still, you know, I still hear her whine to this day. Oh gosh. So sad. I don't live in the big four. You know, we, we've, I've lost so many trees on my property. I'm like, yeah, but you know, your house isn't going to probably burn down again. It's, it's a devastating loss. I can't imagine. She lost everything, everything except her animals. Even a a tree through the roof of your house. Yeah. you, You know, People look at claims as sort of like, well, it's part of the cost of doing business, but it's such a life interruption that it it's a tough, tough thing um, to tell people, hey, guess what? It's just a matter of time, mm-hmm. and and that's always a tough message. The F zones are always the one that get us the the, the worst the worst level of um, disagreement, but it's true. You know, we didn't we didn't make it up because we don't like you. We made it up because that's what the science says. Yeah. Well, and you know, I can't help it that if there's hail, that I'm in enough zone for hail. It is what it is. Yep. Get a giant umbrella. Exactly. A giant umbrella. Um, yeah. So ha- has your entire uh, employee base stayed on with Guidewire? Yep, everyone. So Good. It w- w- one of the things that we did in our business that I'm most proud of is we made all of our employees shareholders. So when the sale happened, um, except for one who came on right before, uh, which I still feel kind of bad about. Um, is what it is. Timing is everything. They all, they all shared in their reward. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, was one of the listen, I, I could have made an extra pile of cash, but I'd rather a whole bunch of other people share in that. They did the work. Mm-hmm. They do the, They made That's us right. great. So, you know, they should get rewarded as well. And I was super mm-hmm. stoked about that. That was a good day. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, as a, as a small business owner, you get to decide how you want your business to be. And that's one of the things that we had decided that was really important to us. Mm-hmm. And, and to see it come true and see it come to fruition, mm-hmm. gosh, it was just really immensely satisfying. Well, and I know, and you and I have been having this conversation, seems like for I don't know, two years or more now. You know, it's so nice to see the good outcome, right? You know, of all that hard work. For somebody, especially when it's especially when it's you. <laughs> well, right. That's but, that, that's you know. I mean, sure, we'd all like that to happen for ourselves. But you know, it, I, all I can say is it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, right? A, a nicer group of guys. You know, you and John. Well, thank you. And and no, well, listen, that's how I feel. Not not everyone in the insure tech sector do I feel like that. Okay, there are many. I know many like you do, and and there are a lot of wonderful, wonderful people. But there are some that I'm like, you know what? You just don't deserve this. one of the most surprising outcomes Mm -hmm. of this is right. The the sale happened right before ITC. Mm -hmm. And so Godwire ended up at the last minute getting a space so we could have a party at, Mm -hmm. at ITC. Mm -hmm. And ITC has been critical for us in terms of growing. It's a wonderful conference and Mm -hmm. love it. And so we end up having this event. It gets oversubscribed, which is always nice. Mm-hmm. But so much of the same things that you just said, people told us 
over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And it's very satisfying yep. as a founder to mm-hmm. know, you know, one of the one of the key tenets for me has always been the golden rule. Mm-hmm. You know, treat treat people as you want them to treat you. That's right. And we that was part of our core tenets as a business mm-hmm. is we're going to we're going to deal with you openly, honestly and fairly. Yeah. And gosh, it's it's come back to us and and so nice to hear all those things. It's very flattering, but it's what we wanted to build. You know, I yeah. I, I I think that when you have clear tenants about what mm-hmm. you want to be as a business, right? It, it, they come true. So yeah. be careful what you wish for because they do come true. You're right, and and you know I've interviewed a number of insure tech founders. I and I, I interview primarily founders, period. But many of those, because of my knowledge of you know so many people in the sector, you know, and and all the ones I've interviewed are you know, just like you. I I just I wish them nothing but the very 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 best because they really deserve it. There are other insure tech founders I would not I would not be inclined to interview. I have to say, deserve is a dangerous word. No, because I kind of look at it like the people who get, you know, they walk across the street and get run over by a drunk driver. Well, do yeah, they deserve yeah. that? No, no of course it's not. Like, so, do, did we deserve this outcome? No. Did we work to put this outcome into place? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. we certainly did. Mm-hmm. And you know, opportunity met market need, met right. conditions, and, and a lot of good things happened. Did we deserve it? I, I, I don't choose whether we did or didn't. I just take it out of the equation altogether. Like it's like it's the wrong word to use for me. Yeah. And that's okay. And, and, you know, I can, I can, I can live with that, with that disagreement, you know, maybe given a little more thought, I'd come up with a better word uh, to use in that, uh, in place of that. But, uh, you know, you listen, it's, it's, I guess for me, the people that I see who are givers, who are, who have built customer centric organizations, let's say, let's call it that, for example, who, who really understand the value of if you build an organization that is that is focused on the customer, the customer's needs, their desires, what is going to work for them and make them happy. I mean, yes, there are other things involved, like you have to have the right people to do that. But if you ultimately build a customer-centric organization, you will you will have a hopefully a better probability of a positive outcome. I think it's even simpler than that in some ways. You know, my life fundamentally changed a few years ago, right when I started the business. Mm -hmm. I I, I, I started asking one question, how can I help? Mm -hmm. And just opening your mind, because listen, helping people involves sometimes doing things and sometimes people don't like doing things. Well, or, or if you don't feel like you have the time to do it. So the question I always put in front of my customers is, mm-hmm. or, or prospects is, how can I, or even people I meet, how can mm-hmm. I help? And and sometimes I have to say no, I can't help in certain ways. But most of the time, people will people are so thirsting for someone to actually say that to them. They're mm-hmm. like, I can't believe you asked this question because I've been waiting for people to ask me this question mm-hmm. for years. And so that's what we do. And we think, well, we built a flexible technology stack. What can we do? Move this around. Here we go. We're mm-hmm. done. And right. And it, and it can be that fast. Mm-hmm. And people are shocked. They're like, you listened to me? You took mm-hmm. what I had to say into consideration? You didn't just tell me that you're a genius and, and, you're, and, right. and you're a moron if you don't follow me? Yeah. It's like, just, at, just be willing to extend help. Mm-hmm. And don't make, it, don't make it 
you know, a false promise. You actually have to, you have to actually believe it. But mm-hmm. gosh, there's, there's always room. There's always room for people who want to help. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the, that's the, this is, this is insurance. Insurance is built on helping people. You know, <laughs> Supposedly. Everybody puts into a pot. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, and the fact, but you know, the fact that you have that reaction is common, but it's sad. It's like, what a missed opportunity. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to say that's the reaction I should be having. Yeah. I mean, you it, know, I could, it, I could tell you, but, but, I could tell you stories and I'm not going to waste our time here to do that, but you know, of, of having to deal with these big carriers and their nonsense, yeah. right. You know, because, yeah, you know, I mean, and, and currently on this last storm, you know, yeah. the company who's doing the work for me has said, yeah, the two worst companies are yours and another one to deal with. They don't yep. ever want to pay. Yep. Why the hell am I paying them thousands of dollars, thousands and thousands of dollars every year? For the time, that's the whole point. For the time when I need it, that's what insurance is for. All they're, all they're you know, worried about is their, is their, um, is their combined ratio. It's all they care about, yeah. it seems. Well, uh, I think sometimes that does happen. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why I'm excited to now be part of Guidewire comes yep. from claims. You know, we tr- right. we traditionally don't work in claims. Mm-hmm. But if we know that you're an F zone, mm-hmm. there was a hail event, pay the claim. It mm-hmm. should be automated. Yeah. You know, that's, it, and it's within a certain amount. Mm-hmm. Pay the claim. No questions. And, and that's the whole sort of triage that we are really excited about helping to build. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the kind of cool stuff. You know, I still want to move this industry forward. Yeah. It takes forever. It's like flying into the sun backwards. <laughs> you, know. <laughs> you always have some little gem, some little gem to say. <laughs> the actuarial view is like dry, looking through the rearview mirror. It's, yeah, right. And so yeah, you fly into the sun backwards. But mm-hmm. eventually we'll get there, you know, and, and, and I have hope. Mm-hmm. I love the industry. I love mm-hmm. the people in the industry. It's, yeah. it's a, the best, the most, the most efficient societies or the most productive societies have the most robust insurance infrastructure. Yeah, because insurance allows you to take a chance. Yes, and that is critical to mm-hmm. the well-being of our society. And I mm-hmm. want to be part of that. So that's mm-hmm. what's cool about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else, Bob, that you would say that you would want to add that that we haven't talked about that has made you successful at you know building this company Hazard Hub, bringing that to fruition, and then ultimately selling it off to uh, a very cool technology company? Gosh, I would say that. There are a number of things, but the number one thing is don't make it about you. Mm-hmm. Make it about them. You know, right. understand what your clients are trying to do and mm-hmm. relieve the pain. Mm-hmm. You know, it all comes down to pain management. If you can relieve someone's pain, they will be your customer. Right. If you can do it in a way that makes them almost happy that you're mm-hmm. doing it, mm-hmm. then you can be a very successful business. Mm-hmm. Um, so that there's number one is make it about them and not about you. It's not about your stupid ego. It's right. not about you being a billionaire, or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. it's just do make it about them. And the second is that having started a business now, when I was 54 years old, mm-hmm. it was way easier to start this business than I ever thought. It's it, now I'm, I'm like, let's start two more. 
And I was petri- I was petrified of that until I had to start a business. Mm-hmm. And bet on yourself. Just bet on mm-hmm. yourself. If you really think that you have a better answer, if you think you can help people better, bet on yourself. There's nothing like it. If you fail, at least you know that you 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 left it all on the floor. Yeah. And that's all you can ask for. And and sometimes you win the championship and sometimes you don't. But at least get out there and mix it up and try. Mm-hmm. That's that's number one. And the, and then the third thing is whatever you're not good at, find people who are good at it and let them do it. So, you know, get rid of the stuff that you don't like to do, do the stuff that you like to do. And and it's a it's it's a three it's a three point it's a three point uh play, if you will. Mm-hmm. But that's that is listen, we we had a good outcome. It doesn't mm-hmm. make us profits or anything like that. It's just mm-hmm. you work hard, have fun, and it doesn't feel like you're working at all. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I couldn't say, I can't say anything more beyond that. So, uh, Bob <laughs> Frady, you know, Bob Frady, um, co-founder and uh, CEO of Hazard Hub. Uh, as always, I just delight in uh, uh, talking with you either on or off the record. So thanks again for this follow-up <laughs> This follow up call. I sure appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Anytime. Thank you for listening to Authentically Successful. If you are a successful founder or CEO who would like to be on this program, please visit verticalelevation.com slash podcast slash apply. If you learned something from this interview and it made a difference, please share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. And if you know of someone who would be a great guest, tag them on LinkedIn or Twitter to let them know about the show and include the hashtag authentically successful. I love seeing your posts and great suggestions. Lastly, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to our website, verticalelevation.com, or follow me on LinkedIn. This is Carol Schultz. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.